the creature that haunts me so be not man nor beast. In nightmares it resides to stir one to madness with its inhuman facade. The Leviathan, its grotesque girth splitting my palms in twain, won't let me sleep, won't let me eat, won't let me live. Many men, many better than I, have tried to conquer the beast and have failed, have succumbed to the immense weight carried by its ludicrous length. Upon entering the domain of the Leviathan, I knew the risk would be great, but just how dire my situation would become had eluded my naive mind. For sanity is a fragile state of being, and the Leviathan feeds on madness. It has been a treacherous journey, one that I never wish any man to experience. The beginning was quite calm and lulled me into a state of mild merriment. But it was not long before the leviathan reared its monstrous head and clamped down upon me with its razor-sharp teeth, dragging me down, down, down into the black recesses of oblivion. At the bottom of countless fathoms into the soundless void of madness, the leviathan penetrated deep into my psyche. But against the overwhelming odds, I survived the relentless buggering from the dick of Moby and was once more birthed into the light of day. Only my world has been forever changed, and for this, I say I'll never be the man you once knew, for my quest of great literature has been forever altered, and it's with a wary eye that I shall ever venture into the pages of another classic. So I finished Moby Dick. So, uh, the whole first part of that, I thought you were just talking about jerking off. <laughs> because, you know, the splitting palms, and many men have tried to handle the girth, and, you know... Just all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Moopy Dick's pretty girthy. <laughs> and the dick is right in the title. It was, uh... Sh- you, sh- do you want to know how he finished Moby Dick? I I imagine it has to be in a mad fury because the last you told me about it, you were already, you've, you've read four books in the time it took you to finish this one and you were only like halfway through. I read five and a half novels by the time, since I started reading Moby yeah. Dick in March, the yeah. end of March. Uh, March 22nd, to be exact. I know the date, because that's when I ventured into the beast. It, uh, sucked. <laughs> I started off and I enjoyed Moby Dick at the beginning. And then I I read half of it. And I would say after the... When he meets... What's that dude's name? Uh, Queequeg. He meets Queequeg, the cannibal. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And they're in, like, a seaside town and a pub. And they share a bed, which was kind of very homoerotic. It was very strange. And then at the beginning... Like, they go on and have some mild talking and all this shit and share stories and whatever they do. But then they reach a church, and then I was just, oh, I just, after that, it was like, oh, we don't care about the Moby Dick story so much. We're going to talk about everything else. We're going to talk about fucking whales and sperm and all that shit, how to make oil, just dumb stuff. Did they ever circle back to that stuff? To, like, the, the stuff that you were enjoying? Or did they just abandon it? They pep- uh, it was peppered in there, like, because they are all on the boat together. They got on the Pequod and in search of Moby Dick. Again, once they got on the boat, after a bunch of fucking nonsense, that's why I still kept reading, because they got on the boat, Amy Dahab, who's pretty cool, and then uh, Starbuck, the first mate, and you're like, okay, I'm invested again. And then he goes into stories about other fucking people and other adventures, and you're like, what is happening? Needless to say, I made a- I got to chapter 62. I decided I was just going to read or listen to an audio book. That, that's how I was going to finish. I could not read it anymore. I had to, I'll, I'll listen to it. I, w- I would think listening would be worse. Just from like the. You uh, would be correct. <laughs> I. Like you just think, after uh, seeing how long it would take to listen to the second half of Moby Dick, which was like fucking 20 something hours or more, I decided to skip to chapter 133. Because that's the ch- that's the beginning of the chase. There's three uh, chapters of the chase and then the epilogue. So that's how it ends. So I skipped roughly what seventy something chapters. I was on sixty two. So the one thirty three, I just skipped all of it. And you know what? You don't miss anything. It just kept going. Like where where it picked up was just like the re- like I didn't miss anything. I was like, what the fuck were in those chapters? Because I tried to listen to like another chapter. It's like, well, maybe I'm there's some important shit. And you just talk about squids. It's like, this fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Now, but though, can you say that you finished Moby Dick? Like, can you put that in the complete, you know, on the shelf? I am. I am. And I gave it one star. I was going to give it two stars, but then I said, fuck you, Melville. I'll give it one star. No, because the first half of Moby Dick is like four books in length, it seems like. I don't, I don't like it. What are you doing? The thing fell. Nitro. 
How's your ass on everything? I had such high hopes for the dick of Moby, and I thought, oh, surely all these reviewers are just either, you know, they just can't comprehend the vast greatness of Herman Melville's prose. I will say the writing style was pretty cool, and there was a lot of unique themes and stuff in it, but I just... Fuck goddamn, it's boring. Just couldn't handle it, could ya? <sighs> Girth. I could have finished it, I just would have been very unhappy for a long time. And now I'm questioning that fabulous collection of classics I have right there, because I was looking at them, I'm like, well, which one of these is gonna bore me to tears? Oh, so you may be finally coming to my side? No. Of the, of the uh... But I did read a lot more modern novels during the time I was reading yeah. Moby Dick, but I look over, like, Anna Karenin, and I'm like, hmm, that's pretty girthy. Les Miserables, miserable, blah, blah. I don't even want to read that. <laughs> Fuck off, Hugo. It's too good. Look how girthy that is. The Count of Monte Cristo, that's a biggie, too. I heard a lot of people say it's really good, though. I haven't heard anything negative about the Count. Have Count you, Dracula as well. I think Dracula will be good. Have you Have you read The Odyssey and uh, yet? I've read The Odyssey first. I mean, I've read The Odyssey, but that's the first one, right? Uh, it's the Iliad's first. Well, it says Iliad, and then yeah, the, I think I think I read the Iliad. Whatever the first fucking part of his adventure is, that's what I read uh, a long time ago. It was pretty good, but it's like an epic poem. I have to be in a mood for those, and it's hard to read like a really, really long epic poem. Uh, so that's the carpet there. That's the that's the copy of Moby Dick. Yep. That bookmark is still on chapter sixty two. That's where it'll stay. Are you just leaving the bookmark? That that. Fuck that bookmark. Why is it you can read, like, the first few chapters, get the sense of the story, and skip straight to the end, and you don't miss anything? That's what fucking pissed me. I'm gonna watch the movie this weekend. The Gregory <laughs> Peck version from the 50s. Oh, okay. That'll, uh... Let's see, because I think Thor just had one, didn't he? I watched that, The Heart of the Sea. It looked like a Moby Dick movie, but the names are different when I was oh. reading the thing, so it's like a different adventure. And they're on the Essex, which is not the Pequod. But that is why Moby Dick. But you know what, I, I must say, out of all the classics I've read, that's the only one that's really burned me so far. Because it's very rare. I qu- No, that's not true. The first one that burned me, I finished it, but it's just because it's very short. Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. So verbose, so boring, and very racist. <laughs> just like a, you know, the trifecta of, I don't want to read this. Well, that seems to be a, a heavy theme a lot of times now as we go back into these literary classics. Yeah. Now, I do have... Some Huckleberry Finn I want to jump into because I like Tom Sawyer so much. I got Robin Hood, which I want to read. Yeah, um, that was something I've always wanted to check out. But is that is that like poems too? No. Okay. No, no. That's just old-timey medieval style, but they updated. They made it so you could understand. It's not yeah. like the original Canterbury Tales where you try to read it and you're like, what? It's, just, it's English, but it's not. Yeah. It's like incomprehensible. It's English, not English. Yeah. It's not American. It's not, it's not right. It's not even England English. It's it's old timey. Well, that's like I always wanted to uh, check out. Um, uh, when we talked about it before, like uh, the authors, the King Arthur stuff. I have the Knights of the Round Table stuff. But that, I, again, that's like isn't that's like poems and stuff too, isn't it? No, it's just again old timey. But that I think that has more of a poetic feel to it. I perused its pages, and I was gonna read that uh, as one of my in between books, but because it's not that long. But I actually, I read some of the reviews online, which I probably should stop doing, and they said that all the stories are kind of similar. I'm saying, now, would you read that, like, read that and then still read uh, Steinbeck's, like, um... Yeah, I want to read the Steinbeck. Um, I'll have to get back to the year read this, guys, because I told him, you know, we're moving podcast stuff. And uh, what else is on that show? Anything that piques your interest, Spencer, besides uh, what we already mentioned? I mean... And I've re- we've talked about it before. I always wanted, and it's not necessarily literary. It's just a cool book you have on the shelf. There it was the Hitchhiker's Guide, but it seemed. But I've always heard like after the guy died, and it would and the other was it his son who finished it. I read the first three, or maybe the first two and a half. One of them I gave up halfway through because it was just kind of stupid. Okay. And I would assume after that it got pretty shitty. The first two were really good. See, and I just heard that... Yeah, after Douglas Adams died, I think Yeah, it just didn't, you know, finish right, you know. So I just didn't know if that was Mm. something that I wanted to to embark on. We also got the Sherlock Holmes collection, which, that's just very girthy, but I would like to get into that, because I used to enjoy those stories when I was a wee boy. Yeah, maybe that's something we should do, because remember, I picked up that collection of, of Sherlock Holmes, some Sherlock Holmes stories, too. Well... 
I want. I do want to like we were talking off air. I want to knock out a James Bond like the first. Yeah, one. that'd be cool. That'd be the book cast, and then I do want to do Dracula for Halloween time. Okay. Uh, maybe another horror. We got the gothic collections maybe over I'll, there. I can find something. Maybe I'll try to uh, bang out Dracula and um. Don't even say it. And Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Since you since you've read it already. Old Frankenstein was very close to Moby Dick for me. In that, yeah, you didn't I like was it. Bored. I did not. I liked the monster, and I did not like Frankenstein. Doctor Frankenstein was a fucking fainting woman. Like he was written how damsels in distress always are, constantly fainting and sick. No, can you give that a little bit of a leeway, considering it was a female who wrote it and was maybe tired of like women always being portrayed like that? Maybe, perhaps. But there's also speculation that she did not write the book. Oh no. They say that her husband might have written Frankenstein, and she got the credit because reasons. I don't know, and I really don't care. I wouldn't uh, brag and, and, about writing the modern Prometheus because it's the adaptations that made Frankenstein cool, not the actual Frankenstein. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, this is just my ignorance, but did she ever do anything else other than Frankenstein? Like anything at least, you know, people would know? I think she did some shows in Tijuana, maybe? Some uh, illicit... <laughs> Uh, I, I meant writing. Animal, uh, I meant oh, writing. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what Mary Shelley did. Yeah, I probably should know that. I, I don't know if she wrote anything. I think she did. I think this cold open's gone on long enough. Once we start getting into what's what's the phrase there? Uh, not animal erotica. Interspecies erotica. That would be it. Yeah. Once we start getting into classic literature and species ero- interspecies erotica. We Fucko. <laughs> Kinky Kelly. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. This is the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast that you are listening to, hopefully on purpose. <laughs> if not, you're still welcome. Yeah. I'm hoping the sound quality is a little better on this episode than it was the last one. We're still figuring out our mic situation because going to the new podcast studio with all this insulation and everything and everything being quiet, it's hard to... I, mean, I can't use the same audio levels. Yeah. So when I do the edits as well, I can't do the same edits I did last time because I think last time I talked a little too close to the mic because that's what we normally had to do because of all the background noise. And I had to... Uh, I think the the bass and treble was a little too high. So hopefully this episode will be a little you know, better. And we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along because we don't know how to do professional. No. It's too weird. We probably need new mics too. These mics suck. Well, I mean, it almost took us a hundred ep- episodes at the old place to finally <laughs> get into like, all right, I think we got a thing down. I think we're doing, doing good. Doing good. <laughs> anyway, my name, I'm the host, I guess. I'm always the host. Maybe one day you'll be the host. But for now, I'm the host. I mean, I feel like even if I was the host, you'd still probably be more of the heavy lifting anyway. They'd just be kind of like... As long as I'm the guy pressing the buttons, yeah. I guess I have to be the yeah, host, right? I mean, uh, the only I, way, I'd just be like host and name. Yeah. And name only. <laughs> Give you one of those long mics. <laughs> long skinny mics like the old game shows. I'd definitely rock one of those. Yeah. But uh, I'm Caleb James, as always, with me. Spencer, the Boston Brown Bagger Church. Could be a good thing. But probably you're, not. You're giving people a chance. Putting a brown, Maybe you put the brown bag on your own head. Uh, or maybe I'm just a drunk. You could be a drunk, yeah. You could be brown bagging booze. Brown bagging doesn't have to be a negative. Sometimes you don't want people to see that you're sipping Pepto-Bismol all day. <laughs> you, got, you got issues. <laughs> Today's episode is about something or other. Ooh, I don't, I feel like we covered something along the lines, but I looked through and I couldn't find it. An episode on this. But I mean, I'm sure we we breezed on this topic before, but as I just alluded, overall, we're over a hundred episodes with everything together. So, guys, give us a break. Yeah. Either way, it'll be fun. Ten epidemically overrated books. I don't. This is written in 2012, so the fact they used the word epidemically just coincidence. Yeah. Uh, this was written by Emily Temple over at Flavorwire, and like I said, 2012. So we're just kind of taking the list here. But overrated classic literature, as you listen to that wonderful cold open, is something that's been on my mind since I fake completed the uh, book that is Moby Dick. I feel like one of those marathon runners that hopped in a cab and then got out at the end and just ran across the line and everyone's like, oh my god, new record. (laughs) 
Uh, there's a woman who did that in the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon some time ago. So what are you doing, Nitro? Nitro's all hot and bothered because Mindy's upstairs. Doesn't like it. He's fine to just hang out. He was good last podcast. Whenever, you know, it was just us, just the boys. Just the boys and twins. But the first book on this list, and uh, even though you haven't read it, Spencer, I think you will agree somehow. The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. I've heard nothing but terrible things. If you guys want a more in-depth uh, listen or you know, knowledge of sorts of how we feel about this book, not Spencer specifically, but me and uh, my other co-conspirator, Ashley Hatter, we did an inebriated reading challenge on this, I believe, right? I think that's what it was, on The Catcher in the Rye, and we only managed two episodes because did not like it. It wasn't the worst book I've ever read by any means, but it was definitely overrated. Uh, the article, though, says, Whenever we tell people that we didn't like The Catcher in the Rye, they immediately demand, Well, when did you read it? The prevailing wisdom, after all, is that it's one of those novels you have to read at the right time. That is, the pinnacle of your own self self-pitying, frustrated-filled adolescence in order to... Yeah, yeah. The main thing is people say you have to read The Catcher in the Rye when you're an angsty teen or you're a young, angsty 20-year-old. That that's, seems like the wrong time. Well, that's apparently when you uh, can relate to Holden Caulfield, the protagonist of Catcher in the Rye, because he's a little whiny douche. Uh, he just The whole book, he's just bitching about everything, and he fucking is kind of annoying, and he's a very privileged white boy, and I don't really care for it. Of course, the book does have its merit, apparently. But why do high school, why do high school and young men everywhere revere this tale of the wonderlings of a bitter, privileged slacker so much? This font's fucking italics. Well, can 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 they even read it in high school now? I thought that was one of those banned books. One of those stupid reasons. Like, why was it banned? Because it has a hooker in it that he doesn't even have sex with. Is that why? I don't know. He gets punched in the stomach and cries by a pimp. You didn't want to kill anybody afterwards? I wanted to shoot Reagan a little bit, <laughs> but that's just because I didn't really like Ronald Reagan. His acting was terrible. He's like a square head. Of course, uh, Kyle from South Park once complained when they had the episode about yeah. Catcher in the Rye, which caused them to publish the fancy uh, Scrody McBooger balls. balls. Uh, but Kyle said, uh, Holden is just some whiny... Annoying teenager talking about how lame he is. And that's pretty much all you need to know about Catcher in the Rye. You don't have to read it. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. <laughs> but I did for you guys. And uh, I can't say I was a huge fan. Next up, this is one people read just to pretend that they either can read or they're, you know, superior intelligently. They think they're like, have a superior intelligence. And they're super smarty. And they went to fucking Yale. And everybody likes them because they're on the polo team. I don't know. Fucking everybody says they like Finnegan's Wait by James Joyce, apparently. But that's one of those books. You, you We've done readings of the first paragraph on here because it's, it's yeah. indecipherable. The whole book's like that. You just can't, you can't fucking read Finnegan's Wake. I don't care who you are. You're not going to understand it. I feel like that's one of those things like you could read it. You just can't, you won't have any comprehension when you get to the end. It's like I read some words. But I can't really remember what they were and what happened. It's almost like he wrote it as a troll job, but he I think he spent like 19 years reading it or something. I mean, writing it. There's also uh, book club book group things or whatever. I don't know. Some kind of book groups around the country. It's like a big thing where they read Finnegan's Weight and they try to break it down. And uh, it's like some of these clubs have gone on for 20, 30, 40 years of them breaking down this one shitty book. What? Like Because it's so indecipherable. Like, they... I, it's almost like the people that are addicted to solving, uh, like, those crypto things. Yeah. Like, the Zodiac Killer letters and stuff. Like, oh, you know, we got to solve this. But they never consider, what if the Zodiac Killer just did gibberish and there is no code? It's not something you can decipher. Like, what if fucking Finnegan's Wake is just made of bullshit? Very possible, because James Joyce was a smart man, but he also liked his, uh... <laughs> we know what he likes. <laughs> Look back through a few episodes. You'll find that topic quite interesting if you're a little lowbrow. Try to keep this highbrow since it's classic literature. Not, the, uh, not, uh, not all of it. I know. I skimmed not, through myself. Not all of it. But anyway, just to give you a little more of the Finnegan's Wake, why is the book considered one of the most classic romances of all time? I didn't even know it was a romance. Was so there much you, fighting in it? Maybe. 
All of the characters are despicable and cruel to one another. The plot is awkwardly structured, and it's all very boring and depressing. Again, that's probably all you need to know about this book. It's not... I would say find a PDF online and just read the first page, and that'll be pretty much all you need because it'll tell you what kind of person you are. If you're the kind of person like, I need to know what this is. Like, I need to solve this puzzle. Then that might be up your alley. If you're a normal person that doesn't like doing that stuff, <laughs> you're saying, then you're just going to be like, this is fucking stupid. Of course, if you're really high on mushrooms, you might find... I'm going to say maybe uh, this is one of those ones you have to listen to, maybe. I feel I feel really bad for whoever had to do audio version of Finnegan's Wake because he just made up, like, Irish slang and American... or, like, English slang and put them together and just made up words and... But not like an Anthony Burgess, Clockwork Orange making up words. Yeah. Like making up shit that's just stupid. I just I don't know why why it's there. Next up. What the fuck is this book? White Noise by Don DeLillo. We hate to say it, but we expected more from this novel. After everyone and their skinny jean clad sister suggested we read it. The concept is good and there are a few scenes that stick with us. But as a whole, we found it, dis- it disappointingly plotless. We suggest Mile 2 instead. They didn't even say what that book was about. And so you you, you skipped one too. Oh, I have a big block. Where did I? What did I skip? Uh, oh, ooh. Here's another one we both talked about. Maybe one day, possibly even entertaining the slightest idea of just maybe squeezing in there and then just kind of possibly opening up a page and ripping off the first couple <laughs> paragraphs and then maybe reading that <laughs> because we just don't care about it at all. That we would rather go through all that trouble of not even opening up the book all the way to rip off part of the page just so we don't have to accidentally read more of this book than we want. But it's uh, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. My classic book club group fucking talks about this book so much and the Bronte sisters so much. And I'm just like, why? Why? What was so good about some fucking ladies having a hard time thinking about getting married? That's, that's pretty much what it's about, right? I don't know. I didn't say I, I don't Jane Austen, yeah. Jane Eyre, all these yeah. fucking lady books. I don't want to like just you know put anybody in a box here and say it's lady books because I feel like modern ladies probably don't give a shit about these books anymore. But at one time, these were like the top notch <laughs> literature. I'd say this was the Hallmark Channel for back then. Apparently, are <laughs> you that or the saucy Fifty Shades of Grey back then? I don't know. Why is this book considered one of the most classic romances of all time? All of the characters are despicable and... Wait a minute. Oh, I read that under Finnegan's Wake. Boy, am I confusing people. So what I said about Finnegan's Wake about it being a romance, again, I was like, why was that a romance? It's not a romance. This is Wuthering Heights. So Wuthering Heights is the boring, depressing book with all the despicable characters that is terrible and, again, boring. So do you ever plan on reading that book, Spencer? No, probably not. You don't even want to dabble? Mm. Don't even want to open up the page a little and just. Can you name a character from that book? No. What are What are the other one? Jane Austen. That's or Jane Eyre. Which one's the Jane Austen's the author or is Jane Eyre the? <laughs> Isn't it Jane Austen? Jane Austen's the author. Jane so, Eyre's the book. So wait, she named a character almost her exact name. Almost? I don't know. Did she fucking write Jane Eyre? Or was that I one of the Bronte sisters? The literary guy. Emily and Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> You're the literary guy. I'm the comic book Stephen King guy. Like, we have our roles, Caleb. All right. I'm going to do a mild research. I always get that confused, and I've looked this up multiple times. I just don't care. Jane Austen is the novelist. So you were, see, I was just testing you, Spencer. Okay. Oh, she wrote Pride and Prejudice. That's the other one I always forget about. And the only way they were able to make that inter- interesting is by doing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she wrote just Sense and Sensibility, too. I always, like, these are all the same book to me. Wuthering Heights, Sense and Sensibility. They're all the same exact book. They don't, there's no difference to me. Well, who, who, who's the other one? The Bronte sisters. Emily Bronte. Because I'm just going to go ahead and say I have overrated books, all of these. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. I'm just going to add these onto the list, folks. So Emily Bronte did Wuthering Heights and then just a bunch of poems. And Charlotte Bronte, I think, was she the most the more famous one? Sorry if everybody finds this excessively boring. I do as well. But <laughs> she wrote Jane Eyre. Charlotte Bronte wrote Jane Eyre. So when we have like 
six months from now when we're doing another classic literature episode and we bring up this exact same topic and fuck it up exactly the same (laughs) at least we can go back and know you should probably just bookmark those in your phone (laughs) (laughs) so what what was not wait a minute no yeah so white noise was the the next one and that didn't have really a description now this one because i like dharma bums you know, I liked it well enough. So I actually want to read this one, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah. But apparently a lot of people said they don't like this book. Hmm. And he wrote it on like a scroll. Like he wrote it, like if you look, they have it in a museum. It's just like the length of this whole room, just one piece of paper. Like, why, where'd, you, where'd you get that? Seems like, that'd be did, a hard thing to get back then. And did you like, if you messed up, did you just start all over with the new huge sheet? <laughs> new, new scroll. Yeah. You all right? You lay down, buddy. Yeah, you're all right. Oh, he's fake scratch. He does that when he wants to get out. All right, so anyway, on the road. We're afraid we mostly agree with Truman Capote, who when asked about on the road, famously sniffed, that's not writing, it's typing. Again, we definitely get how this novel made a splash with, with its uncommon form and call it a freedom. Um, this book was basically, like I said, I didn't read this one, but it's like Dharma Bums. It's like kind of a Hunter S. Thompson-esque telling you like a, you know like kind of a biographical fiction um now on the road might be I, mean, I still think that's fiction too like i think the characters are you know it's like jack kerouac but not jack kerouac yeah. you know like how fear and loathing was hunter s thompson but obviously hunter s thompson was way more entertaining and added made up shit whereas kerouac i think just pretty much described what the fuck happened to him and just changed some names and so i can see how that's kind of boring really comes down to, are you interested in that guy's life? He was a drunk who just did random shit hitchhiked across the country. It was kind of entertaining. It seems like it'd be maybe a good uh, character study. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing people, like, usually, again, like Catcher on the Rye, young men, they like it because... Young of, angsty men. Yeah, angsty men. Um, and as all men, we tend to get this urge of freedom where we just gotta go in the woods. We just gotta go out and do something. We just gotta do some man shit. We gotta go on a road trip. You know, stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty much like Jack Kerouac. Is, uh, he's like a Jack London without the adventuring and more drinking. And say, do you, do you remember the time whenever you transfer, whenever you transfer from like angsty to just angry? Just like mad all the time, like, you know. 26. 26. Yeah. It's 26. The next book on this list holds a special, special place in my heart because I love it so much. It's my favorite <laughs> book. This is the best book I've ever read. I I feel like I've written. I, I, I feel I, like I, I was the author of this book because it touched me so deeply. See, I was wondering for like whenever you sent me this sent me this link, you know, when I was looking through it and I saw that, I was like, huh? I wonder. I, I wonder. Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Apparently, this was Matilda's favorite book. Now, will you read anything else from him? No. In fear of. No, I do not care for Herman Melville. And from now on, every time I read somebody who just overwrote something like so horrendously that it's just boring as shit, I'm going to say they did a Melville. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny, what it is. (laughs) You better watch yourself, Spencer. You don't want to accidentally pull a Melville. Is there any chance that this book would get across an editor's desk in its current state today? Absolutely not, because it's fucking hardly a book. (laughs) I think we know why this article was picked and this topic. We think not. All the good stuff is buried under Melville's endless self-indulgent verbiage. In our literary culture, the book has become a behemoth. That's a word I should have used. To slay in itself. And such a quest would obviously be cheapened by skipping all the bits about the... Specify uh, about the specifics of whaling tools. But that said, wouldn't it actually be a better book if those were left out? It would be a way better book if all of that was left out. I don't need to know how to be a whaler to enjoy a story about whaling. Yeah. Who published that? Like, what? Well, how was that published? Was it just a straight novel, or was fucking Moby Dick published in like magazine form? Because that would be going on for years. I mean, that would maybe be some of the reason of why, you know, because you're just coming up with things just to fill up for, like, each, you know, each month to get paid. Fucking dickhead. Yeah, but imagine if you're the editor of the magazine, you just get, oh, another 
chapter about when... Oh, this one's just like a dictionary mm-hmm. of just telling you single paragraph after a heading of what each whale is. Sperm whale, a whale that's grayish and has a, you know, killer whale. Like, he literally just had a whole chapter where it was just like a, reading a dictionary. Just you got the definition of each whale of what it is. Fucking boring. <laughs> Next up is A Passage to India by E.M. Forster. This is one of the few points on which we agree with Jonathan Franzen. Only who that is. We know that at the time of its publication, its discussion of race relations was incendiary. 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 Spencer is the word. Three tries, you get it. Yeah. But it doesn't seem so now, and the retroactive knowledge of it just doesn't make up for the thin characters and plotting plot. I've heard of that book, but I've never really had interest in reading it because I. it just sounded like it would be really racist to me. For some reason, like, English dude, I assume that guy's English, uh, writing about, like, India and stuff back in the days where they were trying to take over India, you tend to get a lot of racism. The next one is, now this is your personal favorite, right? I mean, should we even bother talking about this one? I mean. Why is this on this list? I assume this was a classic novel list. Well, this one is the, uh, the great Gregorian epic known as Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. We really don't think we have to explain this one to you. Okay, yeah, they don't even explain. Uh, Stephanie Myler, Meyer, whatever the fuck, Wiener, she uh, created sparkling vampires and took like any mystique vampires have about them that makes them cool and took that away. Anything that made werewolves cool, no, let's give them abs. Like, it just poop. Let's just make them do a big wolf. The reason this book would make any list like this isn't because... It's considered a good book by anybody. I don't think anybody considers this a good book I, or a series. It's just because it's got so popular. Well, I mean, I, the fan, the Twilight fans would, you if know. If you go on the old Goodreads, all the people who read Twilight, most of them when they were kids, they've gone back and reviewed it. And uh, like, this is fucking awful. I don't know why I like this so much. It's because your brain wasn't fully formed. <laughs> brain, it, it might have been one of the first things you've read. <laughs> what is it? Your frontal lobe or cortex or something doesn't fully form until you're like 27, 25? Yeah. Now, this one I do not agree with, and I want to slap this lady for for including this on the list. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I've done polls, and a lot of people have said they hated The Great Gatsby, so I get it. Ooh, little like jazz culture of the 20s. Rich people problems. But I like The Great Gatsby. Oh, put away your pitchforks. She already knows. She already knows that mm-hmm. she's entering danger. This, this is one of them controversial picks you got to throw in there to get the clickbait. We know this is a great book. The prose is impeccable and the setting of the mood divine. But we just don't think that it's truly that be-all, end-all epitome of the great American novel as everyone seems to claim, or at least it's not anymore. So what she's saying is, it's one of the best books ever written, but nowadays maybe doesn't hold up to being the best book ever written because it's 2020, it's 100 years later, and things are different. So give them that stupid See idea. that? And like I've never read it, but I've just like seen people make fun of it and stuff, but just of it being like kind of convoluted and. But you didn't have like any problem with like the story or like how things went or stuff like that. Story is pretty straightforward. Um, Gatsby calls everybody old sport, which I love, and uh, the little verbose at times. You know, that's kind of the writing style of the time. But other than that, I think it holds up. Aces. Maybe that'd be one, one of those ones I have to check out and fill my. It's not very cents. long. Yeah, it's not very. If it was a longer book, like three hundred plus pages or whatever, it probably would. It probably would be poopy because it'd be too long. But Fitzgerald kept it. I think it's only a couple hundred pages or something. And he kept it moderate. It wasn't like overwhelming. And is this the final one? Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. Never heard of this one, have you? No. Several people we knew in college were obsessed with this novella, a spiritual classic about unlocking your potential. As a seagull, and it had an impressive run topping the New York Times bestseller list in the 70s. Everybody's on fucking drugs. But it just never quite resonated with us. We prefer our allegories slightly more disguised. Thank you. Now, this lady who wrote this article, she keeps saying us, as in, like, the website or... That's what I would, that's what I would think. I, I don't know. As always... We're going to end this episode by talking about books we think are overrated. Because yeah. that's more fun than than that. Maybe I'll just chop all that out. The whole the whole episode is chop it out. Just be like, it would be all real herky-jerky. Just like, 
Twilight. <laughs> Herman <laughs> Mel- oh, Moby Dick. Like, it's just real shitty. Books that are overrated. See, you probably have this more than me because, like, I've... Like, in my reading, like, there's, like, I know mostly the things that I enjoy and like to read. So, like, that's what I read. And, you know, very rarely, you know, jump out to, you know. We both kind of suffer the same. Well, not really suffer, but we both have a similar problem in that we don't generally read books that are, not I wouldn't say bestsellers, but books that are super popular in yeah. pop culture. Like, we didn't read Harry Potter. Obviously, we didn't read Twilight or Fifty Shades. Yeah. The closest we'd get is like the you know Stephen King books. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I mean, most of his books that were really at the top of their game were before we were born. Yes. So it doesn't really. You can't really count that. Now I've read some Neil Gaiman books that were more modern, but I really liked them. I can't say yeah. any of them were overrated. I've liked all the ones I've read of his. I think All Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe was overrated. I don't think that's. Like, I haven't read a lot of African literature, but I don't see why that would be the number one greatest African literature book of all time. Like, I get, you know, if it was one of, like, the first big ones, I understand yeah. that. They get worldwide recognition, but I don't think that constitutes, you know, out of all the African writers you're telling me, that's the top of the, you know, top of the crop. Um, I would say anything by Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> You ever read some Shakespeare, man? Not really, no, because it's, again, it's one of those, like, it's so hard to read. It almost needs, like, the Bible treatment of just, like, somebody going through it and changing all the vowels yeah. to, like, theirs, or, you know, whatever Simple you need. Simple it up. Whatever you need to get through the book. Simplified a lot. I mean, Frankenstein, I was, uh, I would say, I don't know if I can say it's overrated, because how many people really read the original Frankenstein? H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I would say... Yeah, any... Like, the Cthulhu stuff and everything that we're led to believe is, like, super awesome. I would say that's overrated because the monsters are clearly awesome, but the prose itself... And, like, I don't, like... I've read almost 30% of H.P. Lovecraft, and, like, there's been hardly any Cthulhu. Like, you know what I mean? There's only, like, a couple slight stories that that deal with that stuff. From my remembering, Cthulhu only has one story where he's the main guy, and I don't even think he really shows up in it. Not really, the no. Call of Cthulhu? I don't yeah. think he's really in that. He's like, a, it's just about him. About like a guy, you know, it's like really cool, but that wasn't. Definitely does not have enough Necronomicon in it. No. No, 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 not Necronomicon. See, I really like Tom Sawyer, so I can't say that's overrated. I really like Dune. Um, You need to read Dune, too. But see, like... Because I'm like you, who's like, oh, I can read this one book. You'd have to read the whole series. Of of this series. I'm eventually, like, I'm going to have to, like, read that. Especially if I like the first book. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to try to, you know. See, the reason why I was able to do that with Dune, though, is because the way Dune's written, it could be a standalone book. Yeah. Like, it's not like a huge cliffhanger at the end where you're like, oh, I got to read the next one. It's not that. It's just me knowing that That universe you want to. Yeah, like I said, especially because, like, all I've ever heard of Dune is a good thing. So I'd assume that it seems like it'd be, like, up my alley of things that I would like. So once you're reading that one and realizing, oh, I do like this, give me all the others. (laughs) Like, I'm almost kind of worried that that with, like, the James Bonds, too. Like, if I I really like like the James Bonds novels, like, I got, like, another 20 books I gotta try to read. Well, I I thought that was gonna happen when I read The Big Sleep. I thought, like, uh uh-oh, am I gonna read all these? And I kind of want to still, but... It was uh, just at the level where I'm like, I'm all right if I don't read the other ones. Or like, or, yeah, or like it, you know, it, it, it down can wade. Yeah, it can wade. Now, uh, like if you read Hitchhiker's Guide, you're going to want to read them all. Yeah. But then you get to the sucky ones. You're like, okay. I worried. Like, that's why I didn't get into The Expanse because that's a, like, well, series, I guess. I mean, series that really you have to keep reading. Yeah. Where, like I said, Dune, you could just read the one and you're like, oh, that's classic. And you don't really have to read the other ones. But like, obviously, Lord of the Rings, The Expanse, things like that, you kind of have to read the whole series. Same with Game of Thrones. You talked about this previously yeah. where you're like, hey, I would love to read them, but I know I'm going to get to the end and they don't have the last book out. Yeah, that, 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 George R. 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 Martin's not going to be fucking writing. He's too busy like writing, like, a video game or one of his other things, again, like, adapted for, like, a sci-fi show or mm-hmm. something like that. So finish the goddamn book or books, whatever it is. You had, like, 20 years. 
fucking jerk. What have like, you been doing all this time? Like, I like literally like I think the time between like the last book that got published to this book, I think has been like most of our lives. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Because I think it was like in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Like the early nineties. Um, the twenty uh twenty thousand leagues under the sea, I thought was overrated. Oh, you didn't like that? No, I really I liked it. But you don't think it was? It suffered. Fucking uh, now this could be the translation too, uh, cause who who the hell wrote that? Uh, um. J- no, tip of my tongue. Wrote a story about a balloon. Uh, uh, fuck. Just read it it's right there. The dirty Frenchman. It's blue, dark blue. Oh, oh um. Why can't I remember his name? Jules. Jules Verne. Yes, you know, fucking tunnel into the middle of the earth, all that stuff. Uh, Jules Verne. He was a Frenchman, so it was translated. But he kind of pulled a Melville in that there's a lot of... Well, he has, like, a lot of scientific jargon about sea creatures. So there's chapters where you're like, I don't have to read this. And it's not that long of a book book to begin with. I can't say, is that whole thing, is that that or is that, like, a collection of his... No, that's just the one story. Do Uh, you think maybe... Because it seems like... Like, those stories back then have a lot of that in there. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe a lot of that is because, like, you know, information was... Was so like, scarce you, back you, then? Like, you know what I mean? So, like, you putting that stuff in your novel, people would actually people would actually be like, oh, that's kind of cool and yeah. interesting to, like, we learned this in the second grade, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're starved for information about the world around you, you might find... You probably were finding it in literature, so... Because, like, the, uh, to jump back to the H.P. Lovecraft thing, like, um, granted, like, you know, the, you know, we both think he's a little, uh, you know, overblown, but, like, one of the things that I do like is, like, him, like, at that time, throwing in all these different things from different, like, countries and stuff. Yeah. It, it did make me, like, reading them, I'm like, how, how does he know this? Like, yeah, what did he do to, like, where did he have to Because he didn't go- even leave his house. How did yeah. he get this information? Just go to the library, I guess. I don't know. That That's a good question. But you didn't even think, like, what would libraries in New England during the, you know, the 20s, what books would they have about, like, like, um, ancient, like, Sumerian, like, uh, you know, yeah. culture and shit like that? I don't know. I forget. Did he, did he go to college? I don't remember. Hmm. He's not like he traveled. He didn't. I, that's yeah. a good question. How he got all that information? Unless he just made it up. That'd be amazing that, yeah. too. Ooh, notes from the under, underground by Dostoevsky. I definitely would say that's overrated because the first half of that makes you want to rage quit because <laughs> it's just a guy ranting. The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Gonna, Everyone said that's like one of the top books of all time, and I found the pro. I found the score, story engaging enough that I liked it, but I found the prose fucking terrible for the most part. Kafka. I I thought you liked Kafka. I liked The Hunger Artist, and I liked Metamorphosis, but I don't see like again overrated. Not saying we don't like these people yeah. or their work or anything. I overrated is just saying like you know these are supposed to be the top of the heap. Mm. These are the best things you know that were ever written. Like Metamorphosis is one of those things you know you talk about Kafka esque and not like some of his stories were kind of boring. Uh, the writing was good, but I just don't, I don't see why it would be considered like the greatest, one of the greatest things ever written. It didn't make, he didn't even like it. Well, then say, do you think maybe that has to play with, uh, you know, cause he's like one of those guys that didn't get famous until like after he died. Yeah. So you think maybe that had something to, you know. That seems to happen a lot to those kind of guys. Like obviously Lovecraft and, uh, yeah, but I mean, Kafka, he wanted to, uh, burn I- all of his work. He didn't want it to be released ever. What would you uh, say about, like, the Conan stories? Um, It's hard to say because when people talk about Conan, they never actually talk about the original stories. That's what we read. They talk yeah. about the comics or the movies. So, I mean, I liked them. I would uh, I would say they're rated just fine. Uh, ooh, what about uh, The War of Art? I never. We read that. We read it on there. Is, it the, is that what that book's called? Oh, the... um. Yeah, The War of Art by uh, oh, okay. Pressfield. I, w- I was thinking... The Art of War. War. Yeah. No, The War of Art. I mean, yeah, I like, we, like uh, when we talked about when we reviewed it, the uh, first, like, three-fourths of that book... Really we, good. I really enjoyed it, and then, like, that last quarter got kind of wonky for me. Mm. But definitely still, like, I think it's something like... 
if you're writing or just anything really and you need uh, some help trying to get you through that that grind i you know i definitely yeah. say check it out um yeah i liked i liked that book a lot till just it got to like the spiritual stuff that wasn't up my alley what would you say we'll shift gears to end this episode underrated books you've read books Under- that you think should have been way more popular than they were again this is like i'm still very limited in my um my overall scope of things like because like i'm i'm like two or three Stephen king books away from being done with him yeah. which will then open up more you know reading opportunities and stuff like that hmm i'm trying to think of some of the stuff that we've read that i thought that i really liked See, it's hard because, like, we covered, like, indie things, like Hair of the Dog, yeah. I thought was really good. Now, we haven't finished that whole trilogy. I think he's actually still writing that. That was Matt Holland, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so check that book out, people. But, uh, or, you know, those books, rather. But, yeah, Hair of the Dog was really good. But, again, it's an indie book, so it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, can you say something's underrated if it's not traditionally published or yeah. well-known? I would say that's a hard no because it just doesn't have enough eyes on it. Yeah. See, it's hard for me to say, like, some of the Neil Gaiman books I've read would be underrated, like Stardust or uh, what was that one I just read of his, uh, Lake at the End of the Street or something, Ocean at the End of the, mm. something or other. Because, you know, once when, you get to a Stephen King, Neil Gaiman level, you're it's never going to be underrated because yeah. people are, like you would get like Stephen King books where like, it's an underrated Stephen King book or underrated movie based on a Stephen King book just because, you know, he's had so many things up yeah, at the top. it's just, it's, it's not, it doesn't get the heat that, like, the it or the stand. Yeah. Like, uh, to go with the Stephen King model, there's this there's this book that he did uh, from a Buick 8. Just this weird couple hundred page story about, like, they, this, you know, police in a small main town, you know, years ago, found this Buick abandoned at a gas station and so they take it into the, you know, to the garage at the police station. And, like, every so often, like, the trunk opens up to, like, this weird dimensional thing where, like, animals fly out. And it's just, mm. it's this weird kind of thing. And, like, I thought that was kind of, like, enjoyable. And, like, I never really remember. Like, I would see, like, on the bookshelves of, like, you know, going through, like, oh, that's some, you know, I'm going to eventually read that. But, like, you know, I never really got, you know, yeah. you know, uh, hear too many people talking about that. Mm-hmm. See, but again, the guy that has so much popularity, yeah, yeah. not everything can just be up the top. I would say, before we go on with that, where would you rank Of Mice and Men? Do you think that earns the, you know, critical claim it has? I really liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed reading it. I don't know if it, like, that now, though, too, might be another thing of just from time and age might eventually get pushed out. But, I mean, like, it, it it's written great. And, like, it, it also, you know... Whenever I got onto like actually reading it, I you know I knew everything. Yeah, you already knew the whole story. Yeah, because much. the movie's that the movie does an actual really good job of you know of adaptation mm-hmm. of the of the book and stuff like that. But I would definitely think that would be up the. It definitely owns its chops still. You know, two things I'll say are overrated in my opinion. I am Legend because I read mm-hmm. the original novel. And uh, I did not think that it... I mean, it's a cool story, and it's mainly, like, the twist ending that gets you. Yeah. But I don't I don't see that as a superior vampire story that should be, you know, up in the echelons of pop that, culture. That got made yeah, into movies ten, and, ten, ten different movies already. And the second one, which actually this isn't a novel, so I don't know if this counts, but uh, I just don't think The Walking Dead... Mm is, like, top tier. Like, everyone always, you know, didn't deserve to be... Well, I can't say anything deserves to be anything. It's just my opinion. But I don't see how it became, like, such a super pop culture phenomenon when we've had zombie stories for so long. The TV show, uh, I watched, like, the first two seasons, and they were pretty good for a while. But I don't... I just... It's hard to say when there's a genre of something that's so overdone to begin with. Yeah. And then you have something that, like, because they did that with vampires, too, because you had, like, the Anne Rice books, the Chronicles of the Vampire, or whatever, Vampire Chronicles, or whatever they are. Uh, I've never read those, either. I don't even think I watched the movie. The Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Interview. Uh, interview with the Vampire, yeah. Those, again, not a vampire guy, which is funny, because we're going to read Dracula, mm. the original awesome vampire. Well, that's Nosferatu. That's me, you know. Spencer, was he a book? Or was he a novel? Or was he was he a book first or 
Just the movie. Who? Nosferatu. Use a silent film. Yeah. But I thought, isn't that... Wasn't it, didn't they pull that from Dracula? No, because the Dracula's not all creepy looking. No, Dracula's a sexy like, man. Yeah. He's got nice eyes. Creamy. <laughs> creamy complexion. Vanilla silken robes he wears around. Unless you go with the Gary Oldman one with the big hair. <laughs> then, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm done with this topic. Uh... If you think of any books that are over or underrated, you can let us know. We could do a whole episode just underrated books that we actually research. Because there's a lot out there. I just can't think of them. Because yeah. there's a lot I've read where I was like, why is this not more popular? But it's hard when I read so much classic literature because obviously that's, I mean, it's not going to be underrated if it's considered a classic. Yeah. Things on that shelf over there would probably be considered. See, that's hard to say because a lot of those are different languages. Um, if you folks want to see us naked, whoa, you fan go, only, you can go to the DPW <laughs> fan only where you see. Actually, we just spend most of our time grilling on the grill <laughs> out there, flipping burgers and nude, tasteful, tasteful nudes. Uh, no, if you want to see stuff that we do, you can go to the drunkenpenwriting.com website. Uh, oh, wait, what am I doing, man? Halloween submission season's open. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, fuck, I got shit to promote. No, go to Drunken Pen Writing because we are open for Halloween submissions, poems, short stories. And we get a lot of them, so get them in there. Yeah, that's why I did it earlier this year because we get so many that last year I had to turn people away just because I couldn't keep up. The rules are on the site. I don't feel like explaining them all because <laughs> there's a lot. Not, I mean, there's not a lot of rules, but, you know, the guidelines, which you must follow because now we're to the point where you get so many submissions that if you don't follow the guidelines, I'm going to fucking reject your ass. And by reject, I mean not even read it. Uh, you could go to our Twitter, at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram, Drunk Pen Writing, Facebook, Drunk Pen Writing B-Boys, where we do some dancing and spinning, cool shit, graffiti. We could do anything because nobody, I mean, Facebook, you just yell at people, right? Yeah. Well, Twitter, you just yell at people, too. But Facebook, you got longer paragraphs to yell at people. I like yelling. You can read a whole novel. You upset me, and the way I feel is, I don't know. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening and, you know, saying how nice we are. Our voices are like velvet mm. rubbing mm. on your inner thigh. Maybe if you get maybe, maybe if you just if you just got done like drinking um what's the like the varnish stuff like the shoe polish yeah something like that yeah you know maybe the, mm, we should probably just end bucket of toenail clippings <laughs> oh bucket <laughs> that's that, that years that's years depends how fast your toenails grow I feel like some people have those toenails that just keep growing you know the ones oh yeah yeah I see where I work yeah. Ew. People should not be wearing flip flops. No, especially when you work in the fucking food section. Okay, bye. <laughs>